1: championship friday we got games all across the landscape happening today to look forward to and it starts with the blazers taking on the thundering herd for the first time since 2014 for the conference usa championship in what might be the coolest battle of the nicknames ever uab actually went six weeks between games at one point this season still finds themselves in the conference championship and what promises to be a good one next up ball state takes on buffalo For the MAC championship, coach Lance Leipold all about the running of the Bulls behind superstar running back sensation Jarrett Patterson rushing for over 200 yards a game this season. Absolutely incredible work by him and by Buffalo. We'll see how that one plays out. And the Pac-12 championship gives us an undefeated USC team that has stolen victories multiple times this year at the end, taking on a two-loss Oregon team that originally was the North Division runner-up, but COVID-19 issues finds them in that game. For the Pac-12, it is College Football Live. Tom Luganville, David Pollack, I'm Jason Fitz. And, boys, we got a lot of football to get into for championship weekend. And let's start with the developing story here. Notre Dame taking on Clemson Saturday in the most anticipated championship game of the weekend. We all know that. The rematch of the epic battle from earlier this season. That'll have huge implications for the college football playoff. But what if I told you Notre Dame might actually pass on the invitation to participate in the playoff? If it comes, this is what their head coach, Brian Kelly, had to say about it.
2: So maybe they need to spend a little less time on who the top four teams are and figure out how to get parents into these games. Because it is an absolute shame and a sham if parents can't be watching their kids play. You're gonna tell me we're gonna have a playoff and maybe one site can have families and the other can't. Please. S- somebody's got to wake up in that room and, and figure this out. Or we, you just might as well just call this the professional league because nothing speaks to this is just about, uh, you know, having a, a playoff and we don't care about the student athletes.
1: He's not the only one. Coach uh, Davos Sweeney echoed the sentiment His quote, "...it makes no sense to me to put put a bunch of kids on a plane and fly them all the way to California to play in an empty stadium. That makes zero sense." When you have plenty of stadiums where you can have fans, and most importantly, you can have families. It should be the same for all four teams as far as the opportunity that you have. This year, everybody has to make adjustments. To me, that would be a simple one to make. All of this coming on the heels of, obviously, the conversation that uh, should this game be played at the Rose Bowl, there can't be anybody there, at least according to current California rules and stipulations. So, Pollock, what's your reaction to what the coaches are saying here about playing somewhere else or not playing at all without families?
3: Amen. I love it. I love what they're saying. Listen, this is the reward, right? This is what you work all year for is an opportunity to go to a bowl game, an opportunity to have some fun. And by the way, this year sucked. Okay, look at what they've been through. Usually, you have an outlet, you have a release, you have something you can go do for fun. These kids have been locked down for a long, long time. So the the fact that their family can't come, it's wrong. Um, I think I love that they spoke up. It'll get fixed. It's not going to last. There's no way this will happen. That they'll put, we'll play a playoff game without the uh, the kids that worked so hard their whole lives to get to this point and the people that's probably been the most instrumental in their life to get them there that they can't be there I don't think that's happened I think they'll get it fixed lugs
4: Well i tell you what David if they're going to get it fixed they're going to have to move the game or they're going to have to change the, the the politics and the governmental restrictions that the state of California has imposed and listen I appreciate Brian Kelly's approach on this I love that he's trying to garner support that would benefit everybody I echo Dabo's uh, statements as well but let's not kid ourselves all of the sacrifices all of the schedule shifts, everything that the staffs and the players have gone through to get to this point, don't say that you wouldn't play the game. Don't take away an opportunity to play for a national championship because, unfortunately, in this one instance, parents can't be in the stadium. We all want the parents to be in the stadium. But to you sit just there threaten. and say, you're not no, going to really threaten. You threaten, Moogs. Yeah. We, we, we might <laughs> it's just not. Just a threat, play. okay? What? It'll Baloney. Work. Baloney. Baloney, you're playing. I can <laughs> I assure mean- <laughs> you of that.
1: And let me push back a little bit here, Pollock. Like, at some point, you're looking at the state of California as legislation right now. They have rules and regulations that are forcing businesses everywhere to close, maybe permanently. So, why should they bend the rules for college football?
3: Okay. Okay. So, don't leave. Go somewhere else. Very simple. Don't do it at the Rose Bowl. I mean, that's just, that's not, that that doesn't seem that difficult to me. Change the venue. And you're good with that. I mean, we all talk about the history around the Rose Bowl, so we're good with saying, okay, we're going to play it somewhere else. Lose you? Good with that? It's listen. They're, they're, they're not. They're not ahead. in the playoff every year. That they, they, they rotate. They're not. This isn't the site every year. So you know, you change years and you alternate years. It's. I don't think you're. You're not taking them out of the mix and taking the prestige of the Rose Bowl away. You're just like like everything else in the year of 2020. You got to adapt and you got to you know change and improvise.
4: Yeah, Davey, uh, there, there's no question. I mean, listen, unprecedented times require unprecedented measures. And on a one-off, if you got to do some things to allow this to happen, then you figure out a way to do it. It's not going to be the end of the world. Now, listen, I, we all understand the devil's in the details. There is millions upon millions of dollars involved in a decision like this, and there's, there's all kinds of aspects that we've not even touched on as it relates to this subject, but you find a way. Everybody's found a way to figure out how to deal with what we've all dealt with, everybody on, on, in this country, on this planet, you can figure out a way to do this one.
1: Well, as you know, it's Friday, and that means we got a lot of games to get into that are happening this weekend, so let's do that. Let's get to some actual action on the field with the Saturday Spotlight. Love to run through them here, and we'll start with the Big 12 Championship given us two teams that the playoff committee obviously puts a ton of value in despite their losses. Number six, Iowa State taking on number 10, Oklahoma. Winner getting a huge check mark in the resume battle. Pollock, what's the key in this one to you?
3: Well, it's so awesome. It's a rematch of the regular season. Oklahoma obviously struggled out the gates. Now they're obviously rolling and their defense will be the key. We've talked about Oklahoma's offense for years and years and years. And the other side of the football, the defense, well, if they played any whatsoever, they might have already have a national championship or two. It's coming around. The pass rush is coming around. The defensive line's playing way better. The effort's better. The situational football's better. So let's see that Oklahoma defense against a really good Iowa State offense to see how much we really believe they have improved.
1: Next up on the spotlight, after all the stops and starts and schedules shuffling, the Big Ten Championship gives us number four Ohio State taking on Northwestern. Not a lot of people thought they were going to be great this year. They're currently ranked number 14 by the committee. lugs. what you got your eye on here?
4: The Ohio State defense. Listen, there's going to be a talent discrepancy between these two teams, and Northwestern's going to try to take the air out of the football, slow the game, limit Ohio State's possession. So if you're Ohio State, they're going to try and run the football on you, and then they're going to try and go over the top, try and get a couple of explosives. Just keep the ball in front of you. You have talent advantages. Utilize them. Let your offense win this game. Just don't give up plays over the top if you're Ohio State on defense.
1: All right, next up, before the great shoe launch of 2020, the SEC championship game had a million playoff storylines. Now Florida has to regroup, find a way to beat a top-ranked Alabama team. Pollock, break it down. What do you see in this one?
3: So dirty with the shoe launch there. I heard that, Vince. Um Listen, I, I want to see the same thing with Oklahoma. I want to see about Alabama's defense. We saw them earlier the season against Ole Miss, and we were like, whoa. That's pathetic. Now you've seen them play much better. But the matchup of Pitts and Tony and the five wide receivers of Florida, and the way they spread you out, this could be a fun, high-scoring affair. Alabama's defense, they better have shown that they're way better than earlier in the year, or else this might be a 40-something to to 30-something game. All
1: right, if you've watched it all this year, you know I spent the entire year banging the Cincinnati drum and eating too much Grater's ice cream. Now, Fickle's number six Bearcats get an ACC championship matchup against number 23 Tulsa. Since he needs a playoff miracle, Lugz, what do they need in this game?
4: Well, Cincinnati is ferocious on defense, and they dare you to run it versus a light box. They've been able to stop the run with five men in the box, and Tulsa is going to have to be patient enough to run the ball when the numbers are there. Last year in this game, it was a tight game. Zach Smith had a horrible game, the quarterback for Tulsa. Five sacks, five turnovers. He can't see ghosts on Saturday. they got to be willing to run the football, and Zach Smith has to get off to a fast start in the passing game.
1: And last but not least, the game everybody has their eye on. Notre Dame hoping to win an ACC championship in what could be the only season they play in the conference. We'll get into this game more as the show goes on. But right now, the question is, Tom Lugerman, with all eyes on the playoffs, who do you think needs this
4: game more? Well, certainly Clemson needs this game more. If Clemson loses this game, they're out. And then we get to the debate of what happens next. Is it a one-loss Texas A&M, given the fact that we expect them to beat Tennessee? Or could it be a two-loss champ out of the Big 12, the, the, obviously the committee, you mentioned it, Jason, they like Oklahoma and Iowa State. And so, if Clemson wins this game and everything else holds chalk, then we're going to get what everybody expects that we're going to get. If they do not, that's when the
3: debate starts to loom. The only person you want to be this weekend is Alabama and Notre Dame. An elephant everybody or a leprechaun. Else, like... Yeah, an elephant and a leprechaun. Okay, I like that. Um, you want to be one of them because, honestly, you probably have the mulligan. Everybody else, bro, you're searching. Ohio State normally would have a mulligan probably if they were in a situation where they had run the table, but they haven't. They've only played five games, so it makes it a little bit different. So, I, who knows? I, I'm, I'm hoping for chaos. Like, I, I love chaos. Chaos is fun. So, if Notre Dame pulls off the upset and all of a sudden we throw this into a tizzy, it would be a lot of fun on Sunday.
1: Yeah, well, as the show goes on, we'll break down some of those chaotic situations that look hmm. good, obviously, uh, and everything to, to expect. Now, we all know what they're playing for, and it's the fantastic Doc- Dr. Pepper Trophy. The only thing better than Dr. Pepper is the trophy. Let's be real about it. That's what it's all about, and we can uh, we'll keep you updated on all of it. Plus, coming up next, Kirk Herbstreet sat down with Clemson's Trevor Lawrence. You'll hear some of the conversation with the great quarterback coming up on College Football Live.
2: College Football Live is presented by Xfinity. Togetherness is the greatest gift of all. And in part by Tostitos. Get to the good stuff. You're watching College Football Live, presented by Xfinity.
1: Coming up on game day, Kirk Herbstreit's going to sit down with Trevor Lawrence and Ian Book. You don't want to miss any of that conversation with the two great quarterbacks. And Ryan Day, going to have a conversation with the guys. We'll get uh, all thoughts on the playoff committee and Ohio State from Coach. And, of course, Devonta Smith having a remarkable season Get a little bit of a story behind Alabama's X-Factor. Don't want to miss any of that. Game day starts Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Let's take a look now at today's more driven player presented by Goodyear. And it's Trevor Lawrence. Since Trevor Lawrence returned after missing two games due to COVID-19, Clemson's offense has been more efficient. Shocking. The Tigers are scoring more points per game and gaining more yards per play in the two games since his return compared to to the two games he missed. Now, obviously, one of those games he missed was Notre Dame, and we know that he missed some time this year. But he didn't miss the opportunity to sit down with our very own Kirk Herbstreit. This is a little bit, uh, a little sneak peek at the Clemson Star sitting down with Kirk.
0: Breaking news, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson Star quarterback, has tested positive for COVID-19. He is currently in isolation, according to the school. Looking back at this year, I mean, a lot has gone on, obviously, for you. You talk about COVID, well maybe we're not going to play college football, you get engaged. How would you look at this and describe what this season has meant to you with everything that's gone on?
5: It's been special. Obviously it's been different than any other year, but um, it's everything's kind of been stripped down to the basics of just playing football, enjoying being around your teammates. We haven't had a bunch of fans in the stadiums and um, that's been different, but still it's still football and you're still getting to play and we're grateful for that.
2: Notre Dame knocks off number one. The Fighting Irish celebrate a
3: win over top-ranked Clemson.
0: Let's go back to that Notre Dame game. You, of course, weren't able to play. What's your memory of of standing on that sideline, watching your team in an epic battle, and there was nothing you could do about it?
5: I really had no doubt that we were going to win the game. Obviously it didn't go our way in the end, but obviously I won't forget walking off the field and all the students storming on the on the field that it wasn't, it wasn't a good feeling. So we kind of have that um, That kind of picture locked in our brain
0: You don't lose very often. How does that, those kind of experiences the LSU game the trash talk that came out after Notre Dame like Talk about how that that ignites you and, and fires you and your team up
5: It's just a good reminder, you know, we're not guaranteed to win Uh, You really just have to take it week by week. You gotta give it everything you have every week. You can't take a week off. When we do lose, which isn't often, we know how to handle it still. And that's not something that we've had to deal with much. So I think that's special. I've been as proud as ever from games that we've lost really on how we've handled it and how we've responded. And I think that says a lot about our program and just the individuals on our team. So for me, that's, that's the biggest thing.
0: What will this game be decided by after, you, know, you this is second time around. It's not like you're playing a team for the first time. You got interesting film to be able to review. What do you have to do to move the ball and to win this game?
5: Yeah, this is one of those games you're not going to trick anyone. It's not about who can scheme up someone better. You look at last game, the margin for error is really small, and you see some of the plays that we had, the negative plays we had, and that made the difference. And just limiting those, taking care of the ball, No one's going to change what they do in two weeks. Obviously, both teams are really good teams. There's no reason to. We've been successful, so it's about who can execute better, regardless of what's in front of them as far as the defensive look or offensive look. You just got to execute, and I think, obviously, the team that does that will win.
1: Now, obviously, quarterbacks are a big part of the conversation, but on the other side of the ball, These are the top two defenses in the conference according to a number of metrics. Both defenses are first and second in points per game, yards per game, and third down conversion percentage in the ACC this season. So that's the big matchup, not quarterback versus quarterback, but these quarterbacks versus these defenses. Pollock, what are you looking for here?
3: Well, and both quarterbacks have such good mobility. Both quarterbacks have so much experience. I mean, we talk about Trevor Lawrence being – 30-something and one. Eden Book's like 30-something and three, bro. It ain't bad either. So, you know, both these guys have been in big moments, in big games. And when you look at Trevor Lawrence since he's come back, He's he's giving this offense more spark. Uh, Travis Etienne's better. They make more plays further down the field. He, by the way, reminds you of of, of a big Ben. He just shrugs people off and continues to make plays. But Ian Book has just been a magician. And I promise you Brent Venables is going to dial up pressure. I promise you he's going to scramble around and make crazy plays throughout the game. And it's just going to be a fun battle of two great quarterbacks going against two two of the best defenses in their leagues.
4: You know, David, it, you know, most games are lost. They're not won. And if I have equal talent to you, and I make more mistakes than you do, then we're probably not going to win the football game if you're Clemson. And I looked at two areas the first time around. Clemson turns the ball over three times. Notre Dame turns it over once. All right. Clemson is 4 of 15 on third down. All right. Notre Dame was over 50% on conversion. Just those two areas. Change the game so you can be as talented if not more than the opponent but if they execute better all right they make fewer errors than you do which is what notre dame did the first time around notre dame deserved to win the game now listen i know that went into double overtime i know it was on the road but the bottom line is clemson's got to play cleaner football if they do i think they win the game because they got the better team top to bottom
1: luke's who do you think benefits more from having a second matchup in this situation
4: you know, you always hear it's so hard to beat the same team twice in one season. But I think it's, it's, it's different because I look at this from more of an NFL approach in the sense that there is some time between this game. There, there, there's some space between it. Teams went in, in their opposite directions. Now they're going to come back. There's more sample size to look at with both teams and more things to study. Because I think Notre Dame got better since that last Clemson win. I really do. And Clemson didn't get to play as much, so I, I would put the pressure on on Notre Dame here. Uh, Clemson knows that this game is an in or out game for them, but I think for Notre Dame, it's hey, we're a better team
3: than we were the first time we beat Clemson. Let's see what happens. I think another thing that's important to to point at is you know usually when you have that revenge game, yeah. um, it's hard to get the team that won motivated. Nah, when you think about Notre Dame. You beat him without Trevor Lawrence. You got humpies like me talking on TV. Well, you did it without Trevor Lawrence. How much credit do you really, really get? Now, if I'm Brian Kelly and I'm Notre Dame, I'm like, you didn't beat them at full strength. Prove it. Show me you can do it again. All right,
1: we got a huge slate of games, obviously, this weekend that you want to check out. All coming up for you. You've got it here. You see it here. The Big 12 championship game Saturday at noon. The ACC championship game Saturday at 4 p.m. The AAC championship at 8 p.m. And the College Football Playoff Selection Show. Don't forget Sunday on ESPN. you want to check all of that up. Speaking of College Football Playoff Selection, we'll look in the crystal ball next. College Football Live.
2: College Football Live is presented by Xfinity. Togetherness is the greatest gift of all. And in part by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Four teams, two semifinals, New Year's Day, the college football playoff lives on ESPN.
1: Let's take a look at our Capital One Bowl Mania preview. You see what we've got there right now, the Cotton Bowl, Florida, Iowa State. We're we're making some projections here on what we think could be the situation. Look over there, too, at the PlayStation uh, Viesta Bowl giving us USC, Oklahoma. Could be some really good matchups. So one thing I know is that you'll want to log on to ESPN.com slash Bowl Mania to get in on all the bowl fun and see how these bowl games shake out. And with that being said, we'll see how the top four is going to shake out, obviously, Sunday. But we get to look in our crystal balls now. So, Tom Luganville, when we hit Sunday, who's the top four in your mind?
4: I think we'll have Alabama, Notre Dame, um, Clemson, and Ohio State. And, and listen, I'm saying that not because I think the committee's going to say, hey, these are who I th- we think are the best four in order. I think they're going to do this because they don't want Notre Dame and Clemson playing again in the, in the first round of the semis.
3: Which I hate because your job as the committee is not to set matchups. Your job is to set the four best teams and not worry about that. But we'll argue with the committee later because there's plenty to argue about. (laughs) I just I have the same thing, Luke's, yeah. but I'm so hopeful it doesn't happen. I'm so <laughs> hopeful that we have some absolute shenanigans. I hope Notre Dame beats Clemson, um, and, then, and then we have to decide between a and and OU and Iowa State and Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina. Hey, David. I hope, I hope that happens because Sunday will be a majestic. I'll,
4: I'll give you even one better. Florida beats Alabama, right. okay, and Clemson beats Notre Dame. Let that, let, let that bounce around in your skull.
3: Well, Alabama's in regardless. <laughs> they're they're going to be in regardless. What is I mean, Florida in? Da, now, Dan, da, no. No, I still this think they
1: champs out. I mean, losses don't SEC, matter to this ch- committee, ch- so we never know how it's going to play out. Uh, you can check it out, obviously. <laughs> check out all the coverage coming up over the course of the weekend. Thanks for watching College Football Live with David Pollock, Tom Lugamill. I'm Jason Fitz. Good luck figuring it
3: out because we don't know either. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Not a (laughs) clue.